1: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 551 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, July 25th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. If you're a baseball fan and your team is in the mix at the trade deadline, please make sure you're listening to the corresponding locked on MLB show. We've got locked on NBA still going daily somehow. They're still finding enough stuff to talk about uh, because they're pros over there. So make sure you're listening to that show as well. And you can subscribe, rate, review to all of these shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's very much appreciated when you leave a little rating and review. It helps us a lot with becoming more visible and going up the rankings and all that good stuff. So thank you in advance. All right. On today's show, uh, we're trying it again, baby. It did a podcast yesterday with our pal Big V, the uh, the viral tweeter himself, just fresh back from jolly old London town. It's uh, Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? In, in our second attempt to record a mailbag, I'm sorry I deleted the first one by accident.
2: Are you, though? I'm starting to, you know, feel like <laughs> we, we, we did the Prop Bets podcast, which I won for the second year in a row, and then you deleted that. <laughs> um, so you missed out on all my bragging uh, after that now we do this one where people are sending in questions um, asking about my tweet asking about cricket and you go ahead and delete that too <laughs> jealousy is negative energy Sean
1: you know what it's you're right like- I'm sorry for this anti big V agenda I've been uh, just profligating on the podcast I-, I apologize and I uh I, I will never delete one of your episodes again. I swear to God, it only ever happens on your episodes. It's so stupid, I, and it's not intentional. But uh, yeah, now we here. Here we are. We're, we're not going to do the same mailbag questions we did on the the original Lost to Space mailbag podcast. Um, first of all, I blame Audacity for this. It's not my fault. It's the computer's fault. So there we go. Um, but we'll, we'll hit a couple other questions that we got, and then we'll kind of bounce around some different ones because boy, we got a lot of questions yesterday. So. Uh, first one, we have to do it because this was the main crux of the podcast. Uh, are you still enjoying the fame from your famed uh, "fuck Mary Kill" tweet? That uh, like is probably the tweet of the summer. Kawhi Leonard related, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't
2: know if you call it fame, but I mean, it was just a funny thing that I that people seem to enjoy. Uh, <laughs> when, when you tweet, you don't expect anything to go viral. Um, It just happened to happen uh, after, you know, 3 a.m. in London. Um, So, yeah, uh, woke up the next day and my phone was kind of going off and I was like, whoa, did not see that coming. But, yeah, (laughs) it's nice to know what that feels like.
1: For people who don't know the tweet, uh, I'm trying to find the tweet here. I had it yesterday on the originally recorded podcast, and I lost it because I'm stupid. Uh, (laughs) How about you read it? You you read it to us. How about you do that? Wow. Now I got to go find it. Well, it's me. Like, I don't want to steal your thunder, you know? Like, it's your tweet. I've already deleted all the episodes on which you have had success, and, you know, you're, you're just, like, extolling the virtue of Big V. And I have, uh, I should probably give you the floor here. Here, I'll send you it into the group chat. Actually, I have it up. Okay, all right, now, everyone get quiet. Read your tweet. All right. Last two years, Kawhi basically played
2: Buck, Mary, Kill with the Raptors, Clippers, Spurs. Toronto had the best sex it's had in 26 years. Can't be mad about that.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Oh, what I I blessed the Boddingtons or whatever it was you were drinking that led you to uh, to come to this tweet. And I'm assuming your your hotel room, your hostel when when this was fired off. Very happy for you. Um,
2: Actually, the first the first couple of days uh, I stayed with my cousins, so this was a nice night out with my cousins in London. Um, Shouts to Neville and Nigel and. The good time that we had on this Saturday night and yeah that's what that's what all contributed to the tweet and again shouts to Oxford Street and Bond Street a lot of fun can be had there
1: and yeah nice I'm uh, made also, up sorry I've ahead. become
2: quite the expert on uh, the underground in London uh, I, I feel like I'm better uh, at understanding the train system there than the TTC so
1: huh. I mean the TTC is pretty small. It's it's nothing. It pales yeah, comparison just, to the uh, tube.
2: You know it probably has more to do with the fact that I just drive everywhere, being mm. a Mississauga boy, mm. uh, and there I had no choice, or at least I did. I just did not want to choose to rent a car and just yeah figured I'd ride the underground, which was a lot of fun.
1: If I have one bit of advice for anyone who's traveling is uh, always take the subway in the city you're going to that's the, or whatever the trains it is. just get a pass and you can take it all you want and it's great um, yeah also it, thanks good, good job trying to uh, trick me into thinking you have English cousins Neville and Nigel you couldn't think of something more creative for your made-up cousins come on <laughs>
2: so, I, I promise you those are their names Neville and Nigel Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, well they, they, they sound English to me so checks out I suppose uh, your trip was good you had fun you went to Wimbledon that's dope as hell uh, the, like, is the, were you wearing Raptors Championship gear did you see anyone with Raptors Championship gear in Jolly Old
2: uh, yeah I wore my uh, Raptors Championship gear which was uh, actually pretty cool when I got to Edinburgh because uh, I walked into one of the pubs there and the bartender straight away uh asked me if i'm from toronto and i'm like yeah and he's like where and i'm you know i'm i'm assuming that he doesn't know much about toronto so i'm like yeah just you know the downtown core and he's like no where and then i'm like okay uh you know i'm like front and blue jay's way and he's like oh yeah i was just uh, a couple years ago i was living at a church and jarvis i'm a huge raptors fan i i stayed up and watched all, all the games all the playoff games um, Uh, And then he gave me a shot in the house and, uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then he was also telling me about how at one of, um, the stations, one of the train stations, you can, uh, someone put went and put, uh, we, the North graffiti up. So, uh, unfortunately I couldn't find it, but that was pretty cool too, just to hear about it
1: that's amazing that's so cool and man
2: my side whole dream is real man
1: yeah it's okay was edinburgh where um that's that's not where Nick Nurse coached was it where did he coach again
2: uh no he he, he coached uh in england um so edinburgh i mean alex McKechnie might be from there uh in scotland okay
1: uh Oh, I but, thought uh, I thought Edinburgh was like also a part of it. I knew there was the Scotland one, but I thought there might have been like a, you know, a, a, a rolling backcountry hilly area right. in, in England that also was called that. But um, no, I'm no. Not... So
2: the first the first week of my trip, I was in London and Manchester. Okay. Uh, and that was kind of half work, half uh, leisure. And mm-hmm. then the second week I went to Edinburgh and Scotland and just relaxed and disconnected from sports and whatnot. And just enjoyed the sights and sounds.
1: That's the way to do it. It was the Manchester Giants, by the way, where Nick Nurse won the title. Um, oh, there you go. So when you were in Manchester, you should have tried to find a Manchester Giants jersey or something. That would have been the move, but... I guess he missed ah. that opportunity forever, unfortunately. I'm going to try to find some Lindell Wigginton gear when I'm in Nova Scotia in a couple weeks. I don't know how I'm going to go about doing it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Maybe just like look up his family in the phone book. Be like, hey, got some stuff for me? Uh, <laughs> and then I'll go to jail in Nova Scotia. That'll
2: be the fun. NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA
1: is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to
2: break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team
1: every day Uh, let's get to some mailbag questions shall we we have a whole lot that came in Again, we're not going to hit all the ones that we hit in the uh, deleted version of the podcast, but we we'll hit a couple of them. Let's start with, uh, actually, this one I think does kind of—it's important enough, or people think it's important enough. I don't think it's very important, but it's people think it's important enough for us to touch on. This one comes from In Messiah I Trust at Just Looking Nine One Three. Thoughts on Kyle Lowry changing agents. Um, I don't think this matters at all. I think it was a necessity because uh, if people don't remember, Andy Miller, his old agent, is no longer certified for some, I think, NCAA stuff. or Maybe even more nefarious than that. I'm not really sure what happened with Andy Miller. I think he was tied up in that whole like Arizona FBI, NCAA investigation, which is very stupid. Um, but he's no longer a certified agent so Kyle Lowry needed to find an agent because he has a contract year coming up and he will be looking for a new contract next summer um, do you have any thoughts on this at all with Mark Bartlestein and Priority Sports now uh, in charge of Kyle's business affairs
2: uh, I'm pretty much in agree- agreement with you it was the prudent thing to do uh, he needs to get ready for a free agency that's only responsible of him to do so as someone who has to take care of himself And, you know, he'll have to evaluate his options. Uh, The Raptors will have to evaluate their options and whether they want to continue with someone who will be 34 years old. So, yeah, I think he's just doing the right thing by himself, by getting himself a pretty well renowned agent who will likely figure out what's best, help, help Kyle figure out what's best for him.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what even happens with his contract situation and like the market for him next summer I think is going to be fascinating because we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the one that got, got deleted that I promise I'll stop referencing soon. Um, but the – just like the – how do I want to put this? It was not exactly a robust market for Kyle Lowry when he signed his contract in 2017. He, like, it was really only one team, and I think he kind of got a hometown pay increase because he's with the Raptors and whatnot, and they had his bird rights or whatever. But, like, there were no teams lining up to sign him. The Sixers, the Spurs, the Wolves all sort of feigned interest, but they all got... Other point guards figured out well ahead of time or just, like, didn't even really consider Kyle, even though Kyle, it was reported, wanted to go to the Spurs. He liked that matchup, you know, player and fit and whatever at all, but it didn't end up working out. I just, I wonder what the market's going to be for Kyle and if he's going to be able to demand, like, if you had to guess right now, what's the annual figure and the years for Kyle in his next contract? He'll be 34 What's it going to be? Because it's so fascinating because he's obviously very good. Obviously, you're paying for decline years if you're paying him next summer. Um, I think there's got to be some incentive for the Raptors to just keep him around just because of you know sentimentality and all that stuff. And also, he's still very good. And if you can convince him to sort of be like a souped-up backup going forward down to the last couple of years of that deal, maybe that's something that he'd be okay with and sort of if he can age gracefully out I don't know like if you had to guess what Kyle Lowry's next contract looks like you don't even have to consider the team but just like the figures what do you think it'll look like
2: I think it could be something like a 2 plus 1 but the 1 being a team option right Um, worth say somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 if that makes sense yeah 45 to 50
1: yeah, that makes sense. So, like fifteen a year is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, because yeah. you know he's he's been on record as saying that he thinks he has about two years left of two to three years left of playing at a high level, playing at the level he did last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess in that case, you can make the case that it should be north of sixty. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if teams will be willing to pay up that much. Um, and again, this is this is a big year for him because I think he needs to get his three point percentage back up. That was something uh, that was a bit of a concern over the course of the season after that ridiculously hot start uh, in the first couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll need to show that you know he, he's got the range back. And then I think another big thing is uh, you know how uh, how he plays as uh, the secondary guy to Pascal Siakam. So you know the. In a lot of ways, uh, this is as contract a year as a contract year gets in terms of him, you know, maybe squeezing out a three-year, sixty million deal, or you know, sixty million plus.
1: Mm -hmm. I really am curious to see how he's going to hold up as well. I mean, obviously he's not been the most—he's durable. Obviously he plays through a bunch of stuff, but he's always got something going on. And I wonder. You know, we saw back in 2015 when DeMar got hurt and Kyle took on that crazy load and put up unbelievable numbers, but the, just the, the taxing nature of being that sort of sole go-to guy really got to him and he broke down by the playoffs, and then that happened again the following year, and then it wasn't until the culture reset season where they really prioritized giving him rest and, and, and shortening his minute load, think he played like 32 minutes a game or something that season, and he was super fresh come playoff time, and he was Far from the biggest problem for the Raptors against the, the Cavs in the second round that year. He was pretty much the only good thing. And so I, I wonder, sort of, and like last year, obviously, he didn't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. He wasn't taking the pounding he typically, typically would, sort of creating on every possession because Kawhi had it all the time and Pascal was able to take some of that burden. Um, I was going back and forth today with Jacob Mack. Who uh, was saying that Like maybe the Raptors should start Serge Baca over Mark Gasol because the usage, like Gasol's usage is low. Serge, you know, will take shots. And having Kyle and Pascal with such a heavy burden with the low usage guys that you would assume Norm and OG would be in that starting five that we've kind of bandied about, maybe that's a better way to sort of have a better distribution because if Kyle has too high a usage, if he's up at like 27, 28. I Wonder if that starts to sort of get to him over the course of the season and if he breaks down and if that happens, then uh, Obviously the contract issue becomes even more sort of complex with him. It's fascinating stuff man I, I, Again, I'm very much on record keep him around forever <laughs> Have him retire a Raptor give him a dirt contract uh, Have him just sort of be there for the next version of the team if he wants to be I mean He's got kids here. Maybe he just wants to be here now that he has a ring He doesn't have stress to go and win somewhere else um and so maybe that's part of it but th- it's going to be interesting i am not ready for this to be the last year of kyle lowry as a raptor though i think that is for sure <laughs> um, that's fair yeah that's entirely fair but time is an undefeated bitch so that maybe that just will happen and we'll move into the pascal era and that'll be great uh next question here comes from alex wong ask vivek to tell you how mad he is that you got rebranded as big v he
2: is livid why just, What's... <laughs> I, I think he started to come around um, and he told me that one of the reasons he's come around is because I've taken his heat so well hmm. um, yeah he just he hated that it, he felt it was so good
1: <laughs> uh, where did it come from like how did it begin Was this, is this derivative of like Yoda's Valanchunas' nickname at all or like no, I mean, I think
2: in general. Well, first off, there, there's there's been this whole debate about how to correctly pronounce my name, mm-hmm. um, and I've never cared. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the way my parents say it is Vivek. Yeah. And uh, people, but people say Vivek. People say Vivek, and I, I'm completely fine with any of those. Uh, and you know what I've told people that sort of go back and forth about it is you know what all my friends they just call me v so if you just want to call me v that works just fine for me and then <laughs> uh and then the playoffs came and they got to the finals and i guess that's when my boss was all like oh it's the finals you're big v now um <laughs> and, and and he was like we need that big v energy um <laughs> And, and that's kind of caught on here at Yahoo. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how it all came about, and Alex has been extremely livid about it. <laughs> um, and, but, but, but the thing is, every time he's, try, he's tried to shoot me down, I've sort of been able to knock him back over, so eventually I think he's just accepted that it's a thing that's gonna be around for a while, and really? he might as well get on the
1: bandwagon. Well, yeah, I don't know how he's gonna come at you with all this big V energy that you've got, the, the BVE, as it were. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of a losing battle for Alex. That's great. Shout out to Dan Toman. Um, is he the is he the boss you're referring to as the the yeah the, the great
2: the great Dan Tolman. And shouts to Mac Liddell as well. He's he's had involvement in that in that in that name
1: as well. So big V energy, love it. It's very good. Uh, all right, let's go to another basketball question. This one comes from Sarah Says at Sarah Rimmington. Uh, which of what feels like a million development projects the Raptors took on do you think will pay off? Uh, so there's, let's, we can just go with a whole range of guys. So Terrence Davis, Dewan Hernandez, we'll throw in Stanley Johnson. I think Ronde an established basketball player. I don't think he is a, a, like a, you know, you're not trying to recoup his value. I think you kind of know what he is at this point. Um, I think... So, Stanley, Terrence Davis, DeWan Hernandez, Lindell Wigginton, we'll throw in O'Shea Brissett, why the hell not? Uh, am I forgetting anybody? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Campaign. Of all those guys, who do you think will actually pay off and turn into a reliable rotation player, let's say?
2: Did you include Stanley Johnson in that list? I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Stanley Johnson. Um... I do kind of believe in him as a player Uh, I think when you look at the Detroit Pistons these last few seasons player development is not something that you would associate with them in a positive manner Uh, and so I think the Raptors organization will be like a breath of fresh air in that regard and I think he's shown flashes over the course of his career and I think the last time we recorded this I mentioned you know that game uh, that the Pistons played in Toronto Hmm. Uh, where he defended the heck out of Kawhi Um, and you know you sort of look at that and be like ooh that's an enticing piece and how do you get that uh, for 70 games or 80 games in a season and maybe the playoffs and uh, I think the big thing for him is just not being a liability on the other end of the floor and developing a shot in that regard so um, you know I I think that's on the Raptors development program uh, to help him get to a respectable level in that regard and uh, I uh, yeah of all the guys I think I would go with Stanley Johnson
1: okay I'm less in on the Stanley Johnson thing I kind of think after all of the moves they made and the Terrence Davis and um, you know bringing in Rondé and Matt Thomas like I, I just I don't really think he he feels a little bit redundant to me because his offense is so far away man like he's so actively shitty on that end of the floor. and He's a great defender, and that's great, but that only takes you so far, especially on a team that I think is kind of lacking very clear offensive options right now, and that's why I think Terrence Davis, for me, is the guy I'm most in on, and like, granted, I've only seen him play a couple summer league games, but he looks like he has a skill set that's pretty transferable. He can handle the ball a little bit. He seems like he has at least a a decent three-point stroke, And he just kind of seems smart. You know, there are a couple of plays where he'll, like, crash the offensive glass at an opportune time. He'll cut well. Um, And I I just kind of – and I kind of just really, really love everything about his whole story and how he was, like, I'm too good for a two-way. Screw that. And then goes out and scores 22 in his first summer league game and gets an NBA contract. Like, that's badass as hell. And so maybe I'm just rooting for him on, like, a spiritual level. But I also think, like, at the two-guard spot – where they're going to be a little thin, and also it's like a third point guard where they're also going to be a little bit thin because let me tell you, campaign is not going to be the third point guard in this team. I really don't think he's going to break camp, but I, I think like I I think Terrence Davis has like a, a pathway to becoming a very reliable rotation guy, whereas I think like Stanley Johnson is more likely to get drowned out by Rondé and OG and Norm, and, and I think even. You know, Pascal playing center a little bit. Like, there's just kind of a – there's a glut there that it's going to require Pascal to play center, even with Ibaka and Gasol, to really even open up minutes for it to make sense to play Johnson. And I think his offense is so actively bad. And maybe they can teach him to hit a corner three. And if they can, then I'll eat crow and I'll be happy about it because he's a very good defender and he seems like a cool guy. And I was a big Stanley Johnson fan when he came out of school. But I just, I don't really believe in the offense right now. And also, you're really underrating the fact that the game against the Raptors that he played this year, he had the Dwayne Casey karmic pixie dust all over him. uh, (laughs) And he will not have that playing under Nick Nurse. He'll he'll have the inverse of that, actually, which uh, I'm not sure what that substance actually is. But uh, (laughs) I joke, but I, what's that?
2: It wins you championships. I know that.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. So I just think Stanley Johnson's one of the guys I'm least in on. I guess uh, Terrence Davis for me the most. But I think there's a good chance like a couple of them hit. Honestly, Dewan Hernandez looked pretty impressive to me in a couple summer league games too. Like that dude can like make a play off the bounce and is really fast. It seems like he's gonna have some switchability. That seems like a good thing in the 59th overall pick. And odds are none of these guys become like high end rotation players, but I think what the Raptors have done, they've shown they can develop guys pretty reasonably well. And so I, I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of them turn into something here, which is nice. It's nice to have that confidence in a team. like the, You don't have to draft high all the time to feel good about what they're doing. do um, we go. Next question here from Ari Ross. Who do you think is most likely to get a GoDaddy commercial this year, and who would you least like to get one?
2: huh most likely to get a GoDaddy commercial I will say um man Fred is all about the bag so I
1: was gonna say Fred too <laughs> yeah I, yeah
2: I feel like I feel like it'll be Fred um and he he won't care about curses and whatnot mm. uh, who would I least like to see get it uh At least I would probably say Surge. just because I feel like people are always ready to jump on his back. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much winning winning a uh, winning a championship uh, changes uh, all that, but uh, I do think that uh, Serge is someone I, I don't need people having an excuse to just shit on him if he if he you know gets into that inconsistent mode.
1: Yeah, I I am with you in that I want to protect Serge at all costs, all costs. I kind of think what he did in especially the conference finals and the finals and Game 7 against the Sixers, he's kind of impenetrable at this point, I think. And so I would like him to get the GoDaddy commercial. He was my pick because I think you could do a really fun like cooking implement of some kind with him. Play off the How Hungry Are You Think. Maybe get some more pub for How Hungry Are You. Maybe he has like a fancy set of pans or something with his face in them or something like that. Nonstick, just like cooking on the face of a god. Something like that. I don't know. But maybe there's something there. And like imagine that smile looking up at you as you're making your eggs in the morning. I think I just wrote the GoDaddy commercial for Serge. Uh, <laughs> but, so I want Serge to get it because I think he'd do a really fun, cool job with it. And I don't think he is subject to the curse, because as with most of the guys on this team, like, A, he's long enough in his career now that a down year, I mean, he's on the last year of his deal, it's not going to sewer the Raptors, and I still think he will be forever beloved by Raptors fans for his contributions to the title, so... Uh, Give me surge for it and just keep Pascal away from it, please. Just have him keep doing the the GIF commercials, (laughs) Uh, stealing peanut butter sandwiches. I'm I'm cool with that. I don't want him on the GoDaddy because I'm scared and that seems bad. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed um all right next question oh god what are we gonna do here uh but this one comes from regina spicy pearson at young wonk huskies jersey or a retro purple jersey
2: retro purple jersey just because i've missed it Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. i mean we've seen the huskies jersey fairly recently it's been a long time since we've seen the retro purple so give me the retro purple in the 25th anniversary season and i'll be very happy thank you very much
1: see i don't want the dinosaur one i want the purple front black back if they're going to bring one back from back that They had the Dino ones during the 20, 20th anniversary, 2015, that, that season from hell that uh, should be uh, never spoken of again. Um, yeah. And so I like the purple front, black back. I think we're going to see something purple for sure next year, whether it's like a purple North Jersey or yeah. just a straight up, they go back to, they might even go back to the whites, like the white pinstripe ones with the, with the dinosaur. I could see oh, that. Yeah. Um, I, like it's good, the 25th anniversary. I think they're going to go pretty crazy with the jerseys, and I'm looking forward to. It. That's why I'm holding off on buying any jerseys. Also, I want the gold patch on the jersey, but I'm holding off on buying one until the new lineup comes out because i pretty. It's been a while since a rebrand too. They have kind of had the same for the last like five years, pretty much the same template. And I wonder if for 25 they're just going to blow it out and uh, get a little funky with it, which I would be very much amenable to because uh, I'm, I'm a I'm just. Scum! I just will buy anything that is thrown in my face. Nom, 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 delicious. Uh, <laughs> next question here comes from Pens and Raps at PPG Penguins. We did this one on the uh, Deceased Podcast, but I think it's a good question. If the were to go after an RFA next summer, who would be your preferred target between Jalen Brown, Karis Levert, or Buddy Heald? I forget what you said yesterday, so this is like a brand new question to me.
2: Uh, I said Buddy Heald right? Uh, of the three guys, um, Jalen Brown probably has the most upside. Um, but I did, yeah. I just feel like sometimes he's a little, hes bit too smart for his own good. And I think Buddy Heald is coming into his own as an NBA player, um, as he probably should, considering he's older than many people thought. And when I look at the Raptors' needs. A shooting guard that can, you know, knock it down from the outside at the volume uh, that he does, I think would be really beneficial. And, yeah, uh, of the three guys, I think he would address the needs most paramount to the team, ahead of uh, Kerslavert as well, who I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, of of the three in terms of fit and everything like that, I'd probably go with Buddy Hield.
1: I think... Buddy Healed being 27 in his fourth season probably deters me a little bit. Um, and look, I know Pascal Siakam was a late comer to the NBA as well, but I just that that's it's pretty old to be given a second contract out already to. I think right now I'd probably prefer Karis Levert, although I'm kind of. It's disgusting, but I'm kind of talking myself into the Celtics being kind of okay next year and Jalen Brown, free of the shackles of fake deep Kyrie Irving is going to kind of just like blossom a little bit and he won't be just like constantly having to talk Kyrie off of these insane ledges (laughs) and we'll just be able to focus on the basketball of it all and like he's going to have a regular role. I think he's probably going to play a lot of the four just because of the the setup of the roster. They have no bigs. I think he's going to get to play the four a lot and I think that could be interesting. And so I think a year from now, I might say Jalen Brown. Also, my actual answer is don't waste your cap space on RFAs who are at best, like, the fourth best player on a, on a championship level team, because that's how you get yourself into cap hell. I think the Raptors did a good good enough job of developing their own guys that you can kind of get Jalen Browns and Buddy Healds and Karis Leverts if you get lucky enough and you kind of work at it. And I, I just... I would rather save that money for the large Greek man the summer after, and I think you can kind of get yourself a little too far ahead of yourself if you're getting into, like, the offer sheet game, and you're trying to sort of think of, all right, what is the deal this team isn't going to match? I, I just, I wonder if you're going to get yourself into something like the, the the Nets almost did with the Otto Porter deal, and that the Wizards ultimately put themselves into by signing Otto Porter that deal. So like these are all kind of auto portery players to me, and I think that's kind of a dangerous way to spend your money. I think, um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting question, and, and like that will be a definite use of the cap space next summer if they choose to go that route because the UFA class is trash, and um, you know they might want to. I guess it depends. If Pascal Siakam kind of becomes something that you think is can be a number one option, and you're looking for twos and threes around him, then maybe those are guys you go for but if he doesn't prove himself to be that i don't think it's worth sort of using that dry powder to sign those guys if that makes sense
2: yeah no i hear you i well i also feel like part of the reason why you don't like buddy healed is what could actually drive his price down
1: um yeah true also the fact that the spurs have like a crunch right like they got bogged in. They got to pay. They have a million okay. like, dudes. Right. Yeah, and De'Aaron Fox is going to be up for money. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So I feel like those things could work out to maybe being able to sneak uh, him on a reasonable deal. But I mean, we're talking about you know from those three that that's who I pick. If, if you're looking at the whole RFA class, mm-hmm. maybe it's a different answer.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh... All right, we should okay. we do one more question here. Yeah, let's do one more question. Uh, this one comes from our public. I feel like we
2: should do the Assad question again.
1: Oh, you want to do the Assad one, or do you want to do the Blake one?
2: We can do both.
1: Okay. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Cr- cricket corner, baby. Let's go with Blake's first. Uh, who will be Canada's Rohit Sharma at the much lesser FIBA World Cup this summer? Uh, please provide context as to who Rohit Sharma is if uh, people don't know uh, yeah
2: so Rohit Sharma is a uh, cricket player for uh, the Indian team and he had an amazing World Cup uh, scored a ton of runs and he's someone that it's a lot of sixes so in, in The basketball equivalent would be someone who's, you know, a pure scorer and gets a lot of threes. And so when you look at Team Canada, uh, that guy would be Jamal Murray. Because if he's on that team, he will likely be dropping buckets all over the place. And uh, likely a lot of those buckets will be threes. So Jamal Murray will be the robocharmer of the FIBA World Cup if he is there.
1: Wow, the Brady Heslip uh, hate is... Emanating from your side of the conversation, I can see it on the sound <laughs> waves here. Uh, <laughs> I, as much as I like Brady Heslip, I'm pretty okay if he doesn't make the team. <laughs> like, we, we've moved past needing just, just like this one skill dude on the team. They have enough guys who can shoot. I think probably. Um, I hope Jamal Murray plays. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I don't know. It's no interesting. You know, it's interesting to me that. Like the rookies are still slated to go to camp. Like Brandon Clark, RJ Barrett, Nikhil Alexander Walker, those guys typically the rookies don't play internationally. But I wonder if maybe because of like the weight of this summer, because it matters so much, maybe those guys will just like you know say screw it, I'm gonna play. That'd be nice. I'd be a fan of that, right? Um, there's not really any re- reason for Murray not to, right? Like they don't have a new coach, he's just got just signed a new deal. Like It feels like he should at least be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if he's there. I mean, the only thing that I think uh, might be an issue for a lot of these guys, which is proving to be the case with a lot of the Team USA guys, is the fact that they run so close to training camp um, that maybe they'd just rather have the time to do their own thing yeah. and focus on the upcoming season.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Either way, they have a pretty good talent base. I think they'll be all right no matter what. And uh, Ben Simmons not playing for Australia is probably good, unless you like cowards to be on the opponent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's get to the last question here from Assad at Swar Lasers. Uh, what's worse, Kawhi leaving or boundary countback tiebreaker? Uh, this is a very dumb cricket rule, correct?
2: Yes. So basically. Um, you had the uh, yeah, pretty much the best World Cup final ever uh, at the Cricket World Cup, and the both teams finished tied at the end of the game. Um, And so, pretty much, just uh, imagine—you know—the soccer equivalent would be a team scoring in injury time to tie the game, uh, to send it to extra time, um, and say it goes to penalties the way they set up this cricket rule, um, which they happened to do just for this tournament (laughs) um, and I I assume part of it was because they never actually anticipated it going down uh, a a, a World Cup final being this close and going down to this rule Uh, but basically imagine a penalty shootout where after the first five kickers uh, for each team, if the score is tied they just go back and say, okay, who had the most shots on target in the 90s?
1: <laughs> this is a very like video game that's not fully developed and like only goes to a certain point. So they just have to like end it in a certain way yeah. type of thing from like the 2000s, like an early FIFA thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's a dumb rule, man. That sucks. It's a
2: really dumb rule and it really sucked for New Zealand. Um, because they ended up being the losing team and England ended up winning the World Cup even though they didn't actually score a winning run. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so after a full day's uh, worth of cricket, both teams had scored the exact same number of runs uh, and yet somehow England came up as the winner.
1: That's, That's unfortunate, but I don't know, were the people like running around the streets? You were there when it happened, right? Or were the people running around the streets screaming, like, it's coming home, it's coming home? <laughs> was, was, was that a thing? <laughs> um, so
2: that, that was actually uh, the part that I found pretty strange. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been a massive celebration. Um, there were massive celebrations at the ground when it happened. Yeah. Um, but it seems like there's just a very. Oh, maybe. Actually, no. I, I wouldn't even compare it to rappers' fan base because um, I learned even after the fact that uh, the Wimbledon ratings were higher than the Cricket World Cup uh, that that final rating. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the next day, uh, there wasn't a parade. It just you know they sort of went to uh, another cricket stadium where fans convened and they met uh, you know the the players met the fans and then they went to 10 Downing Street um, and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, it was a bit more subdued than I would have expected because it the first cricket world cup that England's ever won mm-hmm. um, so you know the first time in 44 years uh, this is the country that invented the sport you'd think they'd be pretty excited about it so um, yeah from that regard it was pretty disappointing so you know might have been better off if New Zealand won it anyway
1: yeah, uh, it's weird that there wasn't a celebration. Uh, maybe all celebrations are just nothing to us now after the Raptors won. Maybe that's what it yeah, is. Sure. <laughs> like it's, like, there was know, like, a celebration it, well, happening, but it just seemed piddly compared to uh, the entire city going into the street and lighting up fireworks and hugging each other all night. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. God, that's fair. what a good night that was. I miss it. The, the, the <laughs> I, Me leaning out of my car in the passenger seat High fiving people going down Bloor Street, uh, like a high five line, and then my girlfriend screaming at a garbage truck, "Get that garbage out of here!" And then him like honking the horn a thousand times, this, this is does the best,
0: it's
1: the <laughs> damn best, so good. Uh, all right, man, I think I, uh, I've taken enough of your time. I really appreciate you. Oh taking
2: wait, the time. I mean, to, uh, so to answer Assad's question. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, uh, the. Uh, The boundary rule separator is infinitely worse than Kawhi leaving because Kawhi (laughs) leaving is actually something that's explainable (laughs) uh, and understandable.
1: Um, So, yeah. Glad we got the answer on record. Uh, Glad we could have a little cricket corner on today's podcast. And uh, glad we could have you on, man. This was a blast. I uh, hope we can catch up next week before I go, go on vacation. And then I think I might enlist you if anything happens during the first couple weeks of August to maybe hop on to a podcast or two while I'm gone. If not, that's probably fine. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. But um, where can people check out your work in the meantime?
2: Uh, You can always find my work at Yahoo Sports Canada. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob.
1: Hell yeah, man. Uh, Read Vivek's uh, Wimbledon stuff that he wrote from the grounds. That's amazing and dope as hell. Uh, and yeah, all your stuff over at Yahoo's great, man. And uh, you guys are killing it over there. It's unbelievable the amount of talent you guys have amassed. It's uh, again, shouts to Dan Tolman. Um, you can find me at yeah, with the Sean. You can subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Keep an eye out next week. I'll have a podcast with John Chick of the Score about Team Canada and tee up the World Cup a little bit. Um, what else? We the Champs. You can buy We the Champs still in stores. Uh, Indigo chapters, Coles, Costco—it's cheaper at Costco if you want to do that. Uh, it's like 11.95 or something like that, 11.49, something ridiculous at Costco. So go buy a 10-pack, perhaps. Uh, you can also uh, keep an eye out next week. My updated ranking, every raptor will be out as well. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have yourself a fantastic weekend, everybody.